drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, I am back here. It's your host, Derek Oakry, here on a Wednesday and it's going to be an exciting show. I mean, lots going on with the Lions. People might tell you it's the off season and, and all that, but there's tons going on, lots to talk about, and I'm really fired up this week because we got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated, all Lions. You hear him on the huge show quite often. He comes on here about once a month to talk some Lions with me, Logan. How you doing this week? Doing good. Yeah, we just have a little bit to talk about in the past month that's been going on in Lions world. <laughs> let, let, let me give the people a little bit of a primer. So on the back half of the show, we're going to dive deep into free agency, which is just a little over a month away. After that, we're going to talk about the NFL draft and, and we might have to tell them about some picks. <laughs> But until we get to that, Logan, last time you were on, I mean, I had they hired Brad Holmes yet? Did you come on right when they had hired Brad Holmes and he stepped to the podium? Ah, that's that's a tough question. I think I think it was right before, right after. I think it was right after. I think he had just talked and like I was I was not doing what I should have done, which is this. Drink it in, uh... I hadn't had the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. I was a little bit shaky. I wasn't that wild by him. I went back and listened to it. I am fired up now for Brad Holmes. And you know who I'm really fired up for? You want to know? Uh, let me guess. Maybe it's Dan Campbell? Yes, Logan, it's Dan freaking Campbell. You know, here's why. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last oh. one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. That's Dan freaking Campbell. I already Campbell. got the sound bite. <laughs> and in case you wondered, he's had enough of this here in Detroit. You've had enough of that shit. Exactly, Dan Campbell. <laughs> so have we. So, I mean, Dan Campbell's in the house. I'm fired up for the energy he's bringing. I don't know what's going to happen when they kick the ball off on Sundays, but he's got me drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid and getting me all fired up. Logan, the, the all these coordinators have been hired. I mean, we got the best seven-on-seven football team in the game when it comes to our coordinators versus your coordinators. These guys seem to have some juice, some mojo. Oh, by the way, Matt Stafford got traded. I mean... There's just so much to talk about on this show. Like, I mean, where are you at with this team? Lots going on since we last spoke. Yeah, there really is. And I, I've warmed up, as I usually do, if I if I don't like a player selected in the draft or a coaching pick. You know, I always find silver lining in things. But I really think with the Brad Holmes, uh, you know, I, I he wasn't high on my list. But, you know, I just the way that they have everything structured now, I really like how uh, just the guys that he's brought in around him, not only 
Ray Agnew, you know, the, the pro personnel guy from the Rams, which is a, I thought was a good hire as well as, you know, John Dorsey, who I wouldn't have even mind if he was the general manager and to get him in as an assistant role. It just seems like every question mark that you had, or at least I had about these hires with having inexperienced guys, they've supplemented it with someone who has a ton of experiences and same with Aaron Glenn, the new defensive coordinator, the first time as a defensive coordinator and you're bringing in Dom Capers, someone who is legendary, you know, with the, the three, four scheme and kind of zone blitzes and stuff of that nature. So it is, it's just, I, I was worried that they were going to go too new, you know, a lot of newbies, but they've really just given these younger inexperienced guys, a lot of just veteran experience to kind of bounce ideas off of and go to, and these are up and coming guys. So, you know, it, it, we're going to wait until what you see on the field and kind of how things go. But as of right now, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. And the reason I think you should be encouraged is like what you said. It's new juice, new blood, new guys backed up by guys with experience and guys that, you know, we should be happy to have on a new staff like this. So I think it's a really nice blend. Now, Logan, we got so much to talk about. We got to move through this stuff. So I want to give the people a little bit of news and notes, some new happenings with the Lions, some things to think about before we get into free agency in the draft. But, buddy, since you've been on... Number nine, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions, the guy that me and you talk about at ad nauseum when you come on here on the show, traded away to the L.A. Rams, a first, a first, a third, and the absolute wild card in all this, Jared Goff. Tell me where you were, what you thought when you saw this, where you're at with it now. Lay it on me. <laughs> so I was actually like behind when all this happened. Cause my, my phone was away You know, I was playing with my little guy just downstairs <laughs> and I heard my phone just like vibrating. I'm like, all right, I better check. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like what, what just happened? And I saw that the lions initially, I saw the lions traded for Jared Goff. And I was like, okay, they just made a swap. And then like, I thought it was a misprint. <laughs> I read <laughs> two first round picks and a third round pick. I'm like, Okay, yeah, that's that's a great deal for the Lions. Yes, maybe Jared Goff, the Lions got an extra pick just to take on that contract, but I don't think the Lions were necessarily looking at it at that way. I think Brad Holmes, having drafted uh, Jared Goff, probably likes Jared Goff a lot more than maybe other people do. And Jared Goff is still only 26 years old. He's been to a, a Super Bowl. He can win with a team around him. So to me, I I felt like it was a good I don't mind that the Lions didn't get a first-round pick this year because they are in this for the long haul. It's not going to be an immediate turnaround. And to get two first-round picks, yeah, they might be later, but it's still fine. They're first-round picks. It gives the Lions a lot of draft capital to work with when they need to keep building. And I think it worked well for not only the Lions. I think it made sense for the Rams. I think it made sense for Stafford, too. Like, it was uh, – you know, you know me. I'm a Stafford guy, and I still liked the deal, and I liked just how things worked out. So I'm, I'm happy the way it turned out and really, you know, it's, it's going to be tough rooting against Stafford because we, we, as Lions fans, we want to have that higher pick, but I would also love to see Stafford succeed. So I'm kind of in a pinch there. I don't, I don't know which I'm going to be rooting for Stafford inside, but at the same time, it's going to be like, Oh wait, I can't No, I got, I got to root for the Rams to lose. Exactly. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers hear that Logan Lamarandier is fired up for this trade. He thinks it's great for our team as well as number nine heading out to the West Coast. I mean, you got to drink that in, everybody. Drink it in, man. 
So Logan, I mean, he said his goodbyes, you know, on the Channel 4 News. I heard he was on with Mitch Album. Big surprise there. You know, all the people that are his BFFs and, and aren't going to, you know, ask him any tough questions. But, I mean, he kind of went out the same way he came in and the same way he was here. Tried to say all the right things, made the big donation with the school, you know, wished the Lions well, kind of did us a favor by helping us get these picks, yet he wanted to go to this team in particular to play with McVay and Aaron Donald and all those weapons, so... I mean, I'm just glad to hear you're on board as well as I feel like the whole Stafford thing. We went back and forth and you were a supporter. I liked the guy, but I couldn't have been more happy to sort of see what we got back for a 33-year-old quarterback that like, you know, I kept telling people that were complaining. I said, but you guys are basically done with him anyway. (laughs) You know, those are the same (laughs) people that were fed up. And if you threw them to the scrap heap, they wouldn't have cared or they would have celebrated. So now we're getting all this capital as well as golf, like, you know, I know you just hit on golf briefly, but my fact, and I've said it here on the show, is that he's Matt Stafford light. He was a number one pick. He has that same kind of low-key attitude. He can make the throws when they're there. He's also going to make some turnovers that drive you crazy. So, like you said, I don't think the Lions were taking this as some albatross. I think they're thinking of it as a, a, a guy that can show what he's got the next year or two. Yeah, it's a hefty price tag, but that's the going market in the NFL. And if they run into something great and he has a, you know, he's motivated and this GM obviously loves him, we might have just got a starting quarterback for two or more years and the draft picks. So, like, I think that was just a, a beautiful little gamble by Brad Holmes and company. So I'm pretty fired up about it, if you can't tell. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And especially with Goff, yeah, you can call him a bridge quarterback and that, might ultimately what he ends up as, but at the very least it doesn't put the lions in a pinch of feeling like they have to draft a quarterback this year. If they don't want to, um, you have a quarterback that at least can play and it's not going to just be awful, like on field performance this year. Right. You have someone who's, who's done it and maybe is still developing. And it is, you have to, you have to have talent around Goff. He doesn't do well under pressure. He's prone to make mistakes when he does get pressured and, you know, his downfield passing isn't anything like Stafford. He, he isn't Matthew Stafford, but in a way, yes, he is Matthew Stafford-like. <laughs> there are some similar qualities that they have as well. But, I, yeah, it's, I'm fine with having Goff as the quarterback for a couple of years. And after two years, you can just cut him for absolutely nothing. There's no dead cap. So it's, this to is, me, just the timeline, the whole thing. It makes sense. This is the Logan Lamarandier plan of pushing the picks out too. Just saying, we're not ready now. We we got to get this roster together. So I'm in the boat now of waiting on the QB unless there's somebody just amazing that the the whole organization just has to have. Build this team up this year. Trade back there. This is a thing that Bob Quinn didn't know how to do. Never, uh, you know, did it successfully in his life. Hey, Brad Holmes, trade back a couple times. Accumulate some more picks. Build up the roster. And then in years two, three, whatever it may be, you go get the guy of your choice with some of these picks they have. So we could talk about it all day. I absolutely love it. Probably the biggest move in the franchise history since I've been a fan. You know, trading the quarterback and getting that type of return. So fired up to see what they do. They got to obviously get the picks right and have to build this team properly, but I can't wait to see what they do it. We'll, we'll build the team here in a bit when we talk free agency in the draft and, and see if we can help Brad Holmes out a little bit. A couple more quick things uh, before we jump into that. I want to, I want to ask you about Kenny Galladay. I, I feel like everybody's kind of split on him. Most of the fan base is sort of turning to let him walk. You know, there's still that 
little uh, that percentage that loves the guy, the player. He's obviously produced here as in the Lions uniform. And then there's this segment like me who thinks that you should play leverage here and probably franchise him. See if you can then move him to one of these teams that I don't know has 70, 80 million dollars in cap space and then acquire more picks. And if you're stuck with Kenny Galladay for one year at 17 million bucks, that's not the worst thing in the world. So where are you at with Kenny right now as we sit here in mid-February? Yeah, I actually agree with you. I, I think the best route would be to tag him and then try to trade him. And considering that there's not many teams that have a bunch of salary cap to take on a $17 million one hit or one year type of player, because that full $17 million will go towards the cap this year. There's not a ton of teams that have cap space. I think a lot of the contracts that will be signed and the, the free agency market are going to be backloaded. So it might be a little tougher to trade Kenny Galladay. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if you keep him for one more year, it's not the worst thing in the world. And in all likelihood, uh, he'll probably get a bigger contract next offseason, which in return could get you or net you a higher comp pick. So, and if it's a third round comp pick, I'd be fine with that return. But that's also another year down the line where you're, you're not going to get the draft pick immediately. So, I, I'm don't think the lions need to pay Kenny Galladay. I've, I've said it probably on the show hundreds of times where it's just the wide receiver position is such a saturated position. And yet they're still getting paid, but there's always free agents uh, that are very serviceable and can be just fine at half the cost of Kenny Galladay and can win in different ways than Kenny Galladay can. Yeah. Galladay is a great player at catching contested catches and coming down with clutch catches, but you can also get a guy for half the price that can create separation and you can win that way. So uh, every year we see in the draft as well, there's always so many draft NFL wide receivers that are, you know, third round mid round picks that come in and contribute right away at receiver. And I just don't think it's a position you need to pay highly. And given that he's 27 years old already, he, he was an old rookie. If the Lions are good in three years, he's already going to be probably on the, more on the downside of his career. And again, you don't want to have a big contract for a, an aging player when you're just starting to get good and developing all these young players. So I'm, I'd, I don't need to sign Kenny Galladay, but I would prefer, if he does have a market, to tag him and then try to trade and get some sort of draft capital for him. Exactly. You know, you kind of said he's going to be older. That's only if you gave him like a three, four year deal and at big money, which I'm not a proponent of whatsoever at this point with where this team is at the regime. But like you said, the uh, the tag him, you either get something great and trade or he's here for a year. And let me paint a picture for you, Logan, before we hit on our last topic, before we jump in. Let me paint the picture of Swift, Hawkinson, Galladay. Chase, Devonta Smith, whoever you want to throw in there as the other receiver, Quintez, maybe a speed burner you find in the later rounds, a good offensive line, Jared Goff pulling the trigger with weapons, and us just going maybe all in on offense to be fun in 2021. I mean, I don't know about you, but that makes me uh, feel a little bit like this. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to just go uh, have a crazy fun offense while they get other parts together. So we'll see what they do with Kenny. Uh, I'm going to be surprised if they just, uh, you know, if they sign him long term, I'll be a little surprised if they let him walk for nothing. And the tag is kind of the the gamble that could pay off incredibly for the football team. Let me ask you real quick some surprise cuts. You got anybody, just one or two players that might 
be a surprise either to fans listening or people that are could get cut that would really be a nice savings for the Lions who are only like six million or so of cap space as we stand right now. Yeah, and truthfully, I don't know if there's technically any surprise cuts because there are a lot of players on this roster that were signed by Bob Quinn to these big contracts and with a new general manager in a in an obvious rebuild year, even though he won't call it that. Uh, he needs to get out from some of these contracts so he doesn't have to pay them. And I think Justin Coleman is a guy who still has two years left on his deal, hasn't looked up to the contract, and they could save almost $5 million this year by cutting him. And, yes, you have $6 million still left in dead cap, but at least you're not paying him next year another $11 million or something, dollars, and you can kind of start fresh next year. So he's one guy, but you have your usual suspect suspects like the, the Desmond Trufant, um, Jesse James, Nick Williams is a guy. Yes, this is the last year of his deal, but you're going to save $4.5 million by cutting him this year and only $1 million of dead cap. And same with Danny Shelton. He also saves $4 million in cap space and is a little over $1 million um, in dead cap. But you do have to have a defensive tackle on this team. But right. there's there's quite a few guys where they, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised, but um, – you know, Justin Coleman, I think, might be the biggest surprise of them all if he were to be cut. And, and I know you didn't say it, but I'll have to say it. Everybody that plays linebacker, you cut. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, that's and outside of, outside of Jamie are. Collins, they don't really have those big contract type of players. But yes, I, I am totally go. fine with the Christian Jones, Jelani Tavai. Yes, yes. <laughs> they, they can all be shown the door for all of our opinions. That was a huge swing and a miss by the last regime. I know that you come on this show, you support Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins, follow the rest of them, please. I, I'm done with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, like you say, I'm really surprised. So let's say they got $6 million now. Do you think they can get when it comes to free agency, which, like I said, is barely over a month away, basically a month to when people will be listening this away? Do you think they, they're going to be in that 20 range? I mean, with some cuts and whatnot, be in that 20 million of space, make some mid-level moves? Or do you think this is a year to just say, hey, we're either going to have nothing or even if we get some space, we're not going to use it? Yeah, to, to me, I don't see really the point of even if you do have space, like any veteran player, again, it was kind of the same deal. Um, whoever we were just talking about that, oh, Galladay, where if you're giving the guy a three or four year deal and they're already 28 years old, by the time the lines are going to be good, they're paying this guy an aging veteran who might not be worth it anymore. So to me, it's kind of just trying to free up as much cap space as possible this year by making some cuts and taking on that dead cap, and then having these guys completely off the books next year. And in this year this is such an odd year because we don't technically know where the salary cap is going to be at, but it's decreasing, which teams in the past have always assumed that the salary cap is just going to increase every year. So they kind of build that into their, their cap figure by year. And so to me, I think the Lions will have a lot of options or more options next year with more money, more cap space. I think there's going to be a lot of free agents on the open market next year, because this year is not going to be great for signing unless they sign a backloaded contract. But uh, I, I'm more about trying to find those bargain bin type of players this year and younger players that maybe have underwhelmed since they've been drafted, but they just need a change of scenery and give these guys a shot and see what they have. But at, we're not in win now mode right now where we're trying, we're going to be overpaying for a certain position just because we need it. I don't think that's the best route to go in a rebuild. 
Exactly. It's kind of like a perfect year to just sort of, you know, take your lumps, go under the radar, make a few sneaky signings and just, you know, draft well and say catch you next year because, you know, we got to still get through this COVID. We got to obviously get the cap back where it needs to be. So it's a nice year to kind of be in the rebuild mode with low expectations. So I'm with you there. Logan, let's do this, man. Let's uh, let's get ready to take our break. Before we do that, I, I got to give you some more chance to plug all your great stuff. So I say it all the time. Sports Illustrated All Lions. Check out the website. Again, every time I dial up my podcasts or 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 go on my phone. I'm able to hear Logan Lamarandier on the huge radio show doing some great spots there. Usually anywhere from 10 to 15 plus minutes of you and huge talking lions football, which is great. They can find you on Twitter. L Lamarandier always putting out great stuff. So, I mean, I got you a few good plugs there. What, what about some articles you've been writing? I've been seeing some things come out. I always try to send those out to everybody. What are some recent articles, maybe just the headlines or general things you've been writing about uh, before we take our break here? Yeah, so kind of along the same lines that we just talked about, uh, five affordable free agents for the Lions to consider. And again, they're all kind of younger players that were typically highly guarded in the draft. And for whatever reason, they didn't turn out. And I think the Lions, they're not going to be big spenders. And so it just makes sense to go after these young guys and see if they can turn them around. Uh, I also looked at just the comparisons and uh, basically the biggest differences between Goff and Stafford and kind of what to expect um, out of Goff this year and kind of how, when he plays well, what do the Lions need to do? So those have been my latest articles. I'm always, this is time of the season. I'll start ramping up on a lot of free agents. And then once free agencies, that wave kind of ends or the initial wave, you'll start seeing a lot of just draft breakdowns of players and prospects. And it's going to be interesting this year because, with, with Quinn and Patricia here, we had, you know, the most obvious of players that they always liked, you know, they had to check these boxes and you could always get a good idea for who they were targeting. And this year it could be just anybody, you know, best player available at every single time they pick and who knows exactly what defensive scheme they're going to run or what offense they have in mind. But really you've heard the coaches say it, they, they want playmakers and they're going to build a scheme around these players that they have, which I really like. So it's, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, can't wait to see it. I mean, it's it's always fun. I mean, there's such high hopes for Brad Holmes as the GM, but I I still got to wait and see not only who he picks, but how he builds the team. I loved what I heard from the coordinators. It was much more of we're going to take all our players and, and put them in positions to do what they do well rather than scheme. A lot of times you hear that in the beginning. We got to see it play out on the field, but I would love to see some of these coaches not only get these guys confidence up which Aaron Glenn everybody talked about but let them loose a little bit let them play football and play fast and, and and physical rather than say it and then play this boring wimpy scheme stand in this random area of the field type defense so I, I'm really hoping not only will that come together on Sundays but once we get into free agency in the draft which we'll talk about after the break I think we'll really start to see what Brad Holmes is all about here with the Lions, maybe more so than what people are assuming he was about when he was part of the Rams organization. So can't wait to see it. I can't encourage everybody enough to go check out Logan's stuff, as well as all the team over there at Sports Illustrated, all Lions, always doing really good things, putting out great content. So go check that out. Go give him a follow if you haven't already, putting out great tweets, great stats, great info all the time. And we just love having him on the show talking Lions football. So let's go ahead and take a break. Get our great sponsors in here. We're coming back. We're talking all things free agency and the NFL draft. Two of my favorite things of the offseason. We'll get to it right after the break. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today... I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times on the show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitch, any any of the major podcast platforms. Everybody knows Logan Lamrandier, who's on the show today. He always brings the knowledge. We always have fun talking football. So for the back half of the show, as I often say, we can't waste any time. We got too much to talk about. So, Logan, here's what I was thinking. Again, we're in mid-February. Free agency starts in mid, mid-March, mid but like I say, the Lions won't be players probably in the beginning for some of these big names. So I don't have it all broken down, but what I did is I kind of took some positions of need and I clustered some player names together that I want to throw at you. And then at the end of my cluster, I might have a little bit of a wild card on some of these that I'm going to throw at you that might either be really exciting or really not exciting for Lions fans. So we'll talk all about that, but I'm just going to throw some names and see what you think. You can either tell me I don't like any of those guys, pick out one or two that you think are interesting, or give me some guys that you like in, at those positions. So you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So the first position I went to is the wide receiver position. And this is a position that I'm not opposed to going in the draft, but I'm thinking you can always get sneaky with mid-level guys as well as up-and-comers. Or if you really want to spend on a big name, you can do so at the wide receiver position, and then you can go draft other spots. So, I mean, here's the names I put down as guys to consider. Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, Juju, Demarcus Robinson from the Kansas City Chiefs, Reynolds from the Los Angeles Rams, or maybe my personal favorite choice is maybe you could go out and trade, maybe get a little bargain deal on a guy. I don't know. His name is Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, baby. <laughs> 
I actually have an old baby sound bite. I guess I should have played that. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, I think Odell still got some juice. He's elite. He might be on the outs. What, what about bringing him to the D and make him the number one? Get the blonde hair. Let him dance. Let him do his thing. Go out make plays. So um, any of those wide receivers of that crazy Odell option at the end interest you at all? Oh, the OBJ thing. Yeah, he is a talented guy, but I feel like there's a reason he gets keeps getting shipped around. And, you know, I don't know. He does already have the big contract. So it's like, well, do you want to take that on at this point? So I, I would probably pass unless you can get him for just a steal of a deal, like a mid-round pick or something. But he was traded for a first-round pick. So who knows what the Browns would be asking for. But uh, quick on Allen Robinson, it's, it's kind of – you know, the debate is always Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. I would probably prefer to pay Allen Robinson over Kenny Galladay at this point. But again, I'm not, I don't really want to pay big money to a receiver uh, on the free agency market, but you mentioned him, Corey Davis. He's always been my guy who I, I think will be, he'll get paid, but he's not going to be nearly on the level of the Galladay's or the Robinson's. And he's just, he really came along last year and he was the fifth overall pick not too long ago. And he's really underperformed until last year and he started showing some flashes and he's, he's similar to uh, he might be a poor man's Kenny Galladay, I guess you can say, but I think Corey Davis has a little bit more juice to him and is a little younger. So uh, I would, I'd be okay with Davis depending on his price point. And then Josh Reynolds, the, the Rams receiver that you mentioned, I also had mentioned him in my five affordable uh, free agents the Lions should target just because Reynolds has always been kind of like the third wheel or even the fourth wheel early on in his career at that receiver spot in the Rams offense and hey six three got some size he's not going to blow you away athletically or anything like that but he's always produced and uh, I think I I personally liked him when uh, he was coming into the NFL and I just think you can with how many receivers are on the open market this year I don't think he's going to be very expensive and he has familiarity already with Jared Goff. So to me, that, that would make a lot of sense is just kind of have him as being solid depth, maybe in the future. And in the meantime, be a starter and see what he has. Cause when he has played or has seen starting time, he has produced. So I, I do like Josh Reynolds a lot as well. Yeah. Interesting stuff there. Uh, Reynolds out of that group would actually be my guy as well, just cause he's sneaky under the radar. He might have some high upside if you give him a bigger role. Um, Corey Davis, everybody knows you like him just because he went to Western and because that's what all Michigan and, and Lions fans do. If you were from here, like Allen Robinson, or you went to school here, like Corey Davis, let's bring him back. Like they, they like, like they care uh, about uh, everything that's going on. That's a that's a good old bit for Lions fans. But uh, I'm with you on Reynolds. I mean, again, Odell, you'd really have to move some things around. But uh, everybody talks about him being a Malcontent. Like he's been nothing but a choir boy and. In, in, in Cleveland, as well as, you know, he just had injuries. I mean, the, the guy was injured a whole year and still put up a thousand plus. I mean, I just think he needs to be the guy again and, and need somebody that can get him the football. So that that's kind of the big swing. I'm not sure if it'll happen. Let, let me hit you with defensive ends here. So the clusters that I made in Gakwe, um, you got Judon, Barrett, Dupree, Solomon Thomas, Okwara, Hendrickson down with the Saints, Floyd with the Rams, or here's a thought to Matt Pat, Bob Quinn, any other coaching staff in the recent history. How about you draft an edge rusher for once <laughs> to actually get some pass rush? <laughs> that would be nice. So what, what are you thinking about some of those names? 
Yeah, I think defensive end. Unfortunately, the Lions are already giving Trey Flowers decent money. And if with Romeo Aquara, the coaching staff has already made it apparent that they would like to keep Aquara around. But uh, he, he's really a one-year one year wonder. I guess you can look back a couple years ago and he had a solid year. And even looking at you know pro football focus and all the, the analytical sites, you know, Aquara was still getting a lot of pressure last year, even when he wasn't getting to the quarterback for a sack. So he, I, I'm – Really interested to see where exactly his price point is because he would be nice to come back. But I don't think he's a guy that anyone, any offenses line up against and be like, oh, we have to scheme around this guy or watch out for this guy. He, he His athletic ability is limited, uh, but he just finds a way to get the quarterback. I, um, you know, Trey Hendrickson is interesting because Aaron Glenn uh, is now the defensive coordinator and he had Trey Hendrickson down with the saints. And I, I think Henderson's going to get paid, but I do like the idea. I would really like the lions to go after some sort of edge rusher that can truly be a threat to get to the quarterback. Cause that's not flowers. And maybe they move flowers inside a little bit and play him at the three tech and more defensive tackle, try to get him pressure in there. The lions did plenty of that with him, but uh, I I'm not going to be too picky when it comes to defensive ends. If whatever is the best value, I'll take it because the Lions are in desperate need of a pass rush. Those first few names I read off, Ngakwe, Judon, Barrett, Dupree, to me those are all guys that are pretty much going to be out of their price range. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Matt Judon, for all you Lions fans, went to Grand Valley, just so you know, so that you, you're going to root on him to come back. He's been a baller. I remember in the draft, everybody was saying, look out for Judon. He's played exactly well. Lions had multiple times that could have taken him. Didn't do it. Um, Solomon Thomas is a guy that what went two overall or something crazy like that and then has just done nothing and, and could be a reclamation project floyd was a bum with the bears that he did well out with the rams maybe if they get him at a decent price brad holmes likes him i'm curious to see if brad holmes and company if they get those bendy edge rushers or if they want to blitz or outside linebackers or what they want to do because i don't see them getting the big body trey flowers types um like like we had seen that hold the edge on the rush i think they're going to want people that can fly around the outside and get a quarterback or, or, or rush up the middle all, all that kind of stuff so i'm really interested to see speaking of rush up the middle defensive tackles these are the names i kind of uh Jot it down again. This is their first blush. These are just guys that jumped out to me and not doing a deep dive yet on all this, but Rankins, PJ Hall, Tomlinson, Ridgeway. Um, I said, uh, you know, to end it, let's end it with a bang or um, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> this is for all you Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there. I don't support this whatsoever. Bring back Sue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even say it without laughing. Oh my gosh, this guy wins a Super Bowl and people forget he's like in his mid-30s and they want to bring him back and, and relive the glory days of over, you know, eight, ten years ago now. I, it's ridiculous to me, but I had to throw it in there for comedy. Yeah, Sue's still a hot topic in Detroit. And yes, he's, I think, 34 years old. Again, that goes totally against my philosophy of wanting to bring in younger players that you can still have around when the lions do start turning it around. So I'm, I'm all out on Sue. It'd be nice to have for maybe a year, but I, I don't know why the lions would really do that. I, I would much prefer a guy like Sheldon Rankins again, going along with my theme of a highly coveted player coming into the NFL has had some nice years up and downs, but still is a pass rusher. He has quickness to actually shoot gaps, which is something you never saw under Patricia. Everyone was just holding their, 
two gaps, you know, not trying to do anything. And Rankins can actually, you know, beat the player in front of him and get to the quarterback. So I'm, I'm big on Sheldon Rankins. And again, it all comes down to that contract, but uh, the lions, they need to find some sort of pass rush. And I think Rankins would provide that. And for me, I mean, I like Tomlinson the best out of that group, but he's probably going to mm-hmm. be either kept or, or highly paid. P.J. Hall, sneaky, a little bit under the radar, but liked him in the draft. He seemed to overperform, and Ridgeway was a guy I liked as well, who, you know, is, again, more of a depth signing, but could be just be good beef in the middle as well as, you say, we need some penetrators, no doubt about it. So let's keep this moving because I got multiple other positions we got to get to. Let's talk about the linebacker. Since I cut every linebacker on our team moments ago here on the show, we're going to have to fill about six, seven spots. So these are the names I came up with. Perryman, McMillan, Anthony Walker from Indy. Uh, here's a name for the Lions fans. Hassan Reddick for the Cardinals. Uh, Bowser, yeah. I think he's still with, gosh, is he with Baltimore? I can't remember, but uh, a, a big body type linebacker, edge type guy. Uh, Anzalone uh, has spent some time in the Saints. I believe he's still there. And uh, here, here's the wild card at the end. This is for uh, the one and only at Grifka DKC and all you other Lions fans that listen to the Kool-Aid cast every day. How about we just bring back Jared Davis and let him run sideline to sideline? I mean, Dan freaking Campbell loves him. I mean, he he knows Jared Davis ready to bite a kneecap off, and uh, all the people that don't like him, I mean, here Dan Campbell for you. I've had enough of that. <laughs> so job. I actually. Uh, oh, sorry. sorry, Dan Campbell. Sorry, Dan Campbell's had enough of that. I mean, he really has. You've had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> But I do. I, I like Jared Davis uh, as you know, he's going to be dirt cheap. And for, for whatever reason, Dan Campbell really seems to like him. And I do think that the scheme that Matt Patricia was wanting is the absolute worst fit for Jared Davis because Jared Davis. Yeah, he can kind of blow guys up, but he's never been a great like stack and shed type of player. And that's what Patricia wanted all of his linebackers to do. That's why he wanted guys that were 250 pounds. He just wanted them to take on linemen. And right. I think in more of like a run and chase type of position, maybe like a weak side linebacker in a four, three type of scheme, you could accentuate what Jared Davis does well. And you, you've seen flashes of greatness from him. And then the next play he's missing tackles, but there are quite a few linebackers out there who miss quite a few tackles, but are still considered good linebackers because they're disrupting the play. And that's, if Jared Davis can be had on a cheap contract and just see what he has in this scheme, I, I wouldn't hate it at all. Cause you, like I said, he's going to be cheap, but so other linebackers, Hassan, Jared Davis, that surprises me. But like I said, I I'm right with you. It could remold this guy. Let him let him run and hit. What the hell? Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying Jared Davis is good. I just think it's <laughs> worth a shot to see what he has in this defense. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Dan Campbell's had enough of people ragging on him and say what he can't do. You've had enough of that. <laughs> He's like, he wants to just let this guy go and, and sign him for a million, two million bucks a year and, and have him be a, a physical beast. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, like you say, everybody just hates Jared Davis, but um, any of those other names uh, real quickly jump out at you or guys like, uh, I mean, we need a guy in the middle. We need some speed on the outside. We need some guys that can rush off the edge from the linebacker position i mean yeah so hassan reddick was interesting because he was the draft crush of many lions fans when he came out and the lions ended up with jared davis that year but reddick really didn't do much of anything until last year when he started playing more what he played in college which was on the edge and he's pretty small for an edge player but he still had over 10 sacks last year and produced so he might get paid like 
and a rush linebacker and will probably be out of the Lions pr- price range, but uh, it's still interesting. I don't know if he had fit in the defense that the Lions will be running, but and there's, there's a few other guys. I, I think really it's like Avery Williamson. I, I don't know if you mentioned him. I don't think you did. I, he is a veteran, but again, I think he's solid, just a, a good linebacker who doesn't miss tackles and is reliable. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, it's just bring in anyone with speed and that can cover a little bit. And I, I'd be happy. Yeah, I can't wait to see the new regime as well as the new backers and new new guys up front, see what they do, because I got really bored watching the other football. We had to watch uh, just no penetration, no attack mode, no nothing. So, like you said, I, I didn't talk about Williamson. He's obviously with, with the Jets and, and then got dealt. Um, you know, d- decent player. There weren't anybody that totally jumped off the board. And like I said, I'm throwing in some guys that are definitely going to be out of the price range, but just so people can think about it, you never know what the Lions might do or what what, what they might have cap space wise when it's all said and done. So let, let's move to corners. I mean, corners to me, s- some names again, it didn't, didn't wow me, but again, young guys, like you said, that might be worth a gamble. Hargraves, a you know, you got Witherspoon, you got Sidney Jones. I mean, I thought I put this guy on the list just for Grifka because he usually drafts people or, or latches on because of their name. So we might as well bring a uh, corn elder, to Detroit. I mean, the guy's name is corn. I mean, can can you beat that? I don't think so. You, you got Pat Pete or Patrick Peterson. Um, very old, but could come in here and be a vet presence, but he's not going to take a hometown discount. You got Garon Conley. Who's a guy I liked ever since the draft. He's kind of bounced around, had some issues or my wild card, uh, an absolute, just amazing thought for a football team. How about you draft another top corner? <laughs> I know you got uh you got Okuda. That doesn't mean you have to stop for the next decade of drafting another top cover guy that can make plays because it's a passing league. So how do you play well on defense in a passing league? Lions, uh, you know, here's a note to you. This one's free. You get people that can cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually a good thing when people are passing all over you for the past decade. So that that you don't even have to. I'm not even going to charge that charge for that one lines. That's free advice for you. You might want to go out and get another top cornerback. That would be nice to see two two beasts on the outside. Uh, anything on those guys or anybody you think might help at the corner position? Yeah. So with corner, the Lions have two young players. So I. At the very least, I want to give those guys a shot to see what they have this year before investing too much at the position. But I think first and foremost is going to be the Lions need to cut Trufant and Coleman and then bring in another. I actually do like this, the cornerbacks on the free agent market. There's quite a few of them out there that are, again, fit my mold of younger players, you know, coming off their rookie contract or who played all right and might might be upgrades, probably are upgrades over a guy like Trufant. So uh, I really like Jadobi Awuzie when he was coming out. Um, he was, you know, we took T's table over him on. I was always like, well, we'll see if it works out. And it didn't. No. Um, no. Yeah. And then Desmond King, you know, keeping the trend going oh, with uh, Detroit area cool. players. Love him. Bring, bring him back. <laughs> I, I actually took him. We always do our picks every year, and Desmond King's one of my better picks that I actually drafted on the clock. And uh, great yeah. out with the Chargers. Great, uh, you know, get, we got dealt what to Tennessee. Oh yeah, I love him. Again, it's more of a money issue why I left him off, but yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of I think McKenzie, Alexander, Jordan Lewis uh, were guys that I kind of liked as well. Again, younger players, Jordan yeah. Lewis. 
another Michigan guy. I know we're, we just keep going back to the, the Michigan well here, but uh, I, I liked Jordan Lewis in college, and I'm, I'm usually... <laughs> there you go, keep talking. <laughs> I'm usually... I'm usually harder on Michigan players than anything, but Jordan Lewis was a guy I, I did actually like. And, yeah, he hasn't been great uh, in the NFL, but as a slot guy, he's just be a cheaper, younger Coleman option. So uh, there's there's a lot of different ways they can go. But, again, I wouldn't spend any big money uh, on, on a corner when you have two young guys that you need to see really what they have. And if those – if Aruaria and Kuda uh, actually pan out, maybe they would in a new defensive scheme – you're not on the hook for, with some big contract either for a free agent. So you can never have enough cover of corners, I guess, but exactly. you have to find some value somewhere. So so here's my thing. We got to keep this moving, but this is a free one for Logan Lamarandier. Just because you got Okuda and AO, you're not good at corner. I mean, you're you're banking on hopes for both those guys. I mean, you, sometimes you got you to gotta have four or five corners that can cover. So that's why I'm not opposed to drafting one. Sometimes I feel like Lions fans like, oh, we got TJ Hawkinson. Who else you got at tight end? Nobody. So it's like you might want to have another depth player or somebody that does something like they do as as a guy behind them instead of just thinking that we're good at corner. So anyway, I don't want to get on my soapbox there, but the more corners, the better. We agree on that. Uh, let's do running back and tight ends real quick. Uh, I think the Lions could really add a complimentary piece to DeAndre Swizzle. Um, names I put down, Matt Breida, James Conner, Marlon Mack, uh, P. Ryan, Boston Scott. Uh, Deonta Foreman, who came out of the woodwork, uh, he's still alive, I guess, but he's only like 23, 24 years old still. Big body guy. You got, you got, here's, this is for the Kool-Aid drinkers out there, Todd Gurley. <laughs> so I got I to gotta play my new laugh drop that I love. Everybody's in <laughs> That's what I say when people mention Todd Gurley these days. We got Tevin Coleman or, I mean, they could always go into the well and go get the ARP car back out for Adrian <laughs> what do you think about oh, running backs? How are we going to compliment DeAndre Swift, our new workhorse, do everything running back here in Detroit? Yeah, so I think Swift will be the workhorse. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm not super confident that he'll be able to stay healthy because he never has been able to show that he can stay healthy. And running back, you do take a lot of, you know, just a lot of force every hit you're taking. And Swift being at, you know, a little over 212-ish pounds, is not the biggest guy. And so I, I would like, again, carry on Johnson is there, but the last couple seasons, you know, he had a promising start and really these last couple seasons have been like, okay, like we might, might need to start looking for another option. So uh, I've been big on Mike Davis just because I, Mike Davis looking at what he did last year in a starting role after Christian McCaffrey went down in Carolina, um, you know, had better yards after contact than any Lions player last year had more forced missed tackles per attempt than any Lions player last year. And he's just not a name. He's, he is a journeyman and he's not a name that many people I think will give a lot of money to. And the Lions can have a reliable guy who uh, shown last year that if he has to be a starter, he can at least be semi-productive. And I, he only had, I think it was under four yards per carry average. So it, it was nothing great. And he's not a home run threat, but that's why you have Swift. And you have Mike Davis, I think, to compliment him. And then, really, the running back position, <laughs> it's just a carousel. It's just, uh, if you have a good line, you can have a lot of different running backs look good. Would you say carry on's recent production has been, I don't know, laughable? Everybody, <laughs> everybody's in. <laughs> 
or or what would your reaction maybe be to you know bringing Todd Gurley in here for a big money contract for a year or two? Interesting all right. Anyway, let, let's end with the tight ends. I just said my thing about how like you got to have more than TJ Hawkinson. Um, again, I, I didn't love the names. I just threw out a couple that might be uh, worth a throw in the dart. Gerald Everett, the guy that was playing with the Rams, got some upside and some ability. Mo Ali Cox, a guy that's really under the radar, but when healthy, had a couple uh, spurts there. You got Jacob Hollister out there with the um, Seahawks, kind of an under-the-radar guy. Trey Burton, a guy that I've always liked, even though he's hurt quite a bit as well. Or, or um, you know, you could do my man uh, Benny Blades a favor and maybe uh, in a third round, I mean, maybe you take Brevin Jordan there at tight end from the U. Benny Blade said we can't win without a cane on the roster. So, I, I mean, I can't say he's wrong based on history at this point. So, uh, any tight ends you think that could back up Hawkinson and get Jesse James on the first thing smoking out of town, that worthless piece of garbage? No, yeah. No, I, I do like Gerald Everett. You name him. He's a good athlete. Again, familiarity of Jared Goff and, uh, you know, Brad Holmes. So, I think he's a younger player that has some potential and he, he might've already reached potential, but at least with the ball in his hands, he can do something. And um, I, I don't want just a guy who can block, you know, that's, that's for your third tight end. The second tight end needs to be someone who can still be a mismatch when he's on the field. And if you're going to pass the ball, when he's on the field can still get open and catch the ball. So uh, Trey Burton will be interesting because just a couple years ago, he was, a pretty hot commodity when it came in the free agency market and got a big contract and hasn't lived up to it. Maybe he'll come a lot cheaper this time around. And when he played with Indy, even recently, he had some good games. So I think he's worth mm-hmm. the roll of the dice. Um, what's funny to me, so we go down all these names, Logan, and based on what you said, you've got us interested in Corey Davis. Um, you, you know, we're looking at Hendrickson. We might want to bring in Rankins. You know, you got you got some of those corners. We, we, we might want to look at... Uh, you know, your Mike Davis was a sneaky pick and then Everett, like we both know we don't have anywhere near the coin or the ability to bring in any of those, um, a majority of those guys, but even a couple of them would be nice to sort of supplement the roster based on what they do in the draft. So Logan, I mean, like I said, I always love having you on the show. We've been known to go a bit longer when we start talking football. You got a little bit more time for me because we haven't even dipped into the draft yet. And I wanted to read you some of my mocks, my recent mocks, get your expert thoughts as well as maybe just uh, some, some thoughts you have this early on in the draft process. Oh, of course. I always have time. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. So like you said, that was our little quick look at free agency. Obviously be a lot more coming on that, but let's get into the draft right now. So I've been doing mocks, mock draft Monday. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakery, trying to put out one on Monday, which is a straight up um, mock draft with the Lions picks. And then on Friday, just because I love the draft so much, I've been doing a Friday mock and that's where I'm allowed to make some trades. So Friday I'm wheeling and dealing, making some trades, hopefully like Brad Holmes will do. But let me hit you with a couple of these, uh, kind of my three most recent as as well as ones that I think might interest you, as well as Lions fans. So I think this was my most recent one I did, and this was a name that I haven't heard mocked to the Lions at all. A guy that is up in that upper area of that first round, the top 10, top 15, 
but I haven't heard him, but he really intrigues me when I watched him on tape as well as when you see this guy play. He's got some ability, there's no question, and I already kind of gave it away when I started talking about corners because at number seven, I took Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Vatech. He didn't play this year, but go to YouTube, go find some tape of Caleb Farley and watch this guy. Flies all around the field, makes plays. He can play in the slot a little bit as a corner as well, just a really good football player. I like what he brings. So I had Farley, I had Ojalari, I got McGrone, the linebacker from Michigan, um, Armani Rogers, the wide receiver from Clemson. Give me Marvin Wilson, the big penetrating defensive tackle. And give me Stevenson, the big bodied running back from the University of Oklahoma as a as a thunder and lightning combo with DeAndre Swift. What do you think about that overall, kind of the different approach? Or does any of those players jump out to you? Yeah, so with Farley, it, it would be interesting to have, you know, two first-round highly drafted corners in a passing league. I think the cornerback position is ascending in terms of its value. With Farley specifically, I, I do think he's more of a zone corner um, from what I've seen, you know, his man technique, especially like the man press is, you know, I think it has something to work on, but the Lions aren't running that man press too much anymore. We'll see what Aaron Glenn does. If, if it's more of a zone, you know, I think Farley would work out great. Um, you just wonder if there, I, I tend to think there would be a player that I might prefer more at that spot, but you know, I, I would be. I'd be fine. A lot of people are like, why? Well, why would you draft a corner? And I'm like, it's right now it's best player available. And the Lions think he's the best player available. Then go for it. I I have no issue with it. So um, yeah, the rest of the draft too. I, I liked kind of your selections uh, in each round and kind of hitting on um, spots where the Lions could use upgrades. And uh, there's likable qualities about everyone. McGrone, you know, the Michigan guy, I watched plenty of him. Um, I thought it was interesting. I, I just recently saw he, he didn't miss a single tackle last year, which is hard to believe, but um, <laughs> he had some struggles as well. He's not a perfect process, prospect, and he is a little smaller, but yeah. um, man, I, I don't want to break down each guy, but I, I liked it <laughs> overall. Yeah, I think, you know, again, McGrone, Marvin Wilson, um, a little bit of boom bust there, you know, depending on what you get, mm-hmm. but I like both their qualities. Uh, Rogers to me is that sneaky little receiver that you can find later if you hold your water and wait. So I like what he brings. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Farley that a couple things that just before we move on is that I agree with you on the kind of the zone deal. He's also not been a, a big time tackler, but what he does do is he's gets his hands on the football I think he's a former receiver and uh, I I did like how he just kind of flew around the field from what I watched so he may not be a huge fan of you know coming up and tackling like the guy from Alabama uh, certain but I think we need guys that can find the football in the air make plays make turnovers that's kind of what I'm looking for with that type of pick and and like you said the main reason I did it and the main reason I want people to think about it because everybody thinks about the Lions and about their draft like just filling holes or hey we're good there so let's go somewhere we're not good what about adding to strengths what about saying well Okuda Ao and Farley sounds really good for the next four or five years instead of just I hope Okuda's a lot better, and I hope AO is a two or a three corner. You know, let's add another body in there and, and make it a strength for our team that we can cover. If you want to go three, four wide, we can cover you. So that was kind of the thinking behind that. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And again, I don't, I don't think the Lions need to draft any one particular position. They just need to get playmakers. And Farley has shown that 
he can do that. It's just more so in zone. And if that's his strength and you think that he can play well, man, go for it. Because as, as long as they're a difference maker, I'm fine with it. And let the coaching staff figure out how to get your best players on the field. Speaking of difference makers, so this next mock I'm going to throw at you, I wanted to deal with Jalen Waddle, the corner from Al- – or the wide receiver, sorry, from Alabama, speed wide receiver, a little bit smaller. Everybody's like, ah, you can't take a guy like that in the top 10 or top 7. I mean, these – if you guys watch this guy on film, all he does is catch slants, goes, deep balls, and just runs away from defenses. Tell me the last time the Lions had that type of wide receiver. Yeah. It's been a long, long time because we got a lot of big body first down chain movers and not a guy like this. So I took him at number seven. Uh, Barmore, the big penetrating tackle from Alabama in the second round. I got the guy I mentioned earlier, and this is my, my Benny Blades pick, Brevin Jordan, tight end, Miami. Got to play that for Benny Blades. Um, and I took Patrick Jones the second. I liked what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl. He had some up and down practices, but come game day, I think he had a sack or two, and he just looked the part to me of that big edge rusher. Maybe could get a guy like that later that could replace a guy like Okwara as a rush specialist. Monte Rice, the linebacker from Georgia, he's got some athletic traits, running cover type of guy. And then I took Jonathan Cooper, edge from Ohio State, there with my last pick at 150 overall, just thinking, hey, I didn't love anybody at that spot and felt like if there's any spot I'm going to just take another gamble on, it's going to be my edge edge rush type player. Yeah, so with Waddle, uh, you know, smaller guy, but just elite speed. And the Lions, you mentioned it, haven't had someone with just blazing speed that is just a threat every time he has the ball in his hands, just outrun everyone and make a little gain into a touchdown. And that's something that would go a long ways for Jared Goff. It would have gone a long ways for Stafford as well. Maybe not so many tight window throws. And what's impressive even about Waddle is even when he is covered, I I still feel like he makes contested catches. So that was nice. And, uh, you know, I we can go back and forth on if a receiver is worth, you know, the seventh overall pick with how, you know, like a, a guy like Rogers in your last draft, who I think is great value where you got him. I think there's a lot of great value receivers because that the college level just produces so many receivers right now. But Waddle is just a guy that has a special trait and speed and speed kills in the NFL. So I'd I'd, I'd really like it. Um, I'd, it might be a hot take, but I think I like Jalen Waddle even more than Devonta Smith at this point. Wow, that is uh, that is something right there. I mean, most people, like you say, they're always going with the latest hotness. You know, Waddle, to me, the things that worry me, I guess, are the injuries and the point that you hit on. Every mock I do, when I let receiver go, doesn't matter if it's Chase, uh, Devonta Smith, or uh, Waddle, it's like, I find gems in like the third, fourth, even the fifth round of guys that I like instead of spending that high. There's so many good slot guys in this draft. There's so many um, dynamic, you know, if you still want that big body type receiver, there's that type as well. So, I mean, if I was to give my advice, like even as much as you like Waddle, he might be a game changer. I think your your value is going to come in those middle rounds and loading up at other positions. And speaking of other positions, this is the one that I think most Lions fans, uh, well, at least at the top, are going to be most in favor of. And that's got me taking Micah Parsons at number seven. Obviously, love to be able to trade down and get a player like that. But if he's the best defensive player in the draft and, you know, the character concerns aren't a big issue, I feel like he's a game changer at a big position of need. Took him. 
got um, Barmore again in the second round. That's been a really good pick, and everybody tells me he's not going to be there, and I always tell them if he's there in my mock, <laughs> yes. I take them. <laughs> I don't try to figure out who's going to be there and pass on guys. If it's, that's why we do a mock draft. In the third round, I took uh, Holland, the safety, out of Oregon. Now, I probably wouldn't do that now because there's a lot of other safeties I like as well that you can get later, so I'd probably wait. But adding somebody to Tracy back there I think is something they need to consider. I got Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina. Again, a little bit of a smaller guy, but he runs hard. He was really a standout at the Senior Bowl. I think him and Swift could do some nice one-two punch in our backfield. I got Dwayne Eskridge. At 111, which everybody tells me he's moved way up the board. There's no way he's getting out of the, uh, gosh, I think I heard somebody say late first, early second. I mean, I would say he seems like more like a third, fourth round guy, but um, Eskridge made a lot of plays and is very interesting to me now. And they took Dalen Hayes, the edge from Notre Dame. They're late because I hadn't taken an edge. I feel like he fits kind of that big bodied, you know, big school type edge that I would gamble on at that point. So what do you think was something like that? Yeah. So to hit on Barmore and Eskridge. Yeah. I, I think that's just excellent value where he got them, but if they're there on your draft boards. You take them. I like both those players. Barmore is kind of like that Rankins type of player who can shoot gaps. And he really only has one year of, you know, starter experience. But when he did play, you can just see that, you know, he has the chops to get to the quarterback from the interior. The lions need that. Um, going just hitting basically on all these, the first round picks. Yeah. Micah Parsons. I really like Mark Micah Parsons from an on-field talent. I I think he is, you know, one of those talents you don't often see come at the linebacker spot, but you know, looking at the best linebackers in the NFL right now, there's so many of them that you can just find in the middle rounds. If you have the defensive line in front and just let those guys run free, as long as they got some wheels on them, they can do some damage. But I think Parsons, um, it'll be interesting to see really, you know, in, in terms of pass coverage, I think that's really the only question mark I have right now is he just didn't do a ton of it or just like man up. So if you're going to draft an off-ball linebacker that high, he really needs to be able to cover. But I do think he's the best defensive player in this draft, and it's just not a very defensive top-end heavy draft, and that's where the struggle is, and the Lions need defense. But um, I I think I like Parsons more than most. I've been starting to see mocks of him you know, in the – all the way down to 20, you know, sometimes yeah. and other linebackers starting to pass him in, in these mock drafts. I'm just like, man, I don't know how, where that's coming from. Maybe I need to do more research. Maybe it's the <laughs> off field concerns that are yeah. uh, pushing him down the board, but I, I really like Parsons. The the kid out of Notre Dame with the, the three names is a, you know, a, a totally different type, but he's the cover lightweight type linebacker that can just make plays. Whereas I heard one, uh, you know, expert say that Parsons is basically the best edge in this draft too. the way that he comes after the quarterback when you blitz him and when you let him just come forward. So, I mean, if you can get the best edge and one of the best tackling physical linebackers, I think that that would be great. But yeah, if you can trade down and, and get the kid from Notre Dame and maximize your value, I wouldn't mind that either. Like you said, you will see where Eskridge ends ends up. We'll see what the Lions do with that second running back because even a guy like Trey Sermon, I've been getting late in mocks, and it's kind of like, man, he's interesting to me just based on his body type where he played and uh, being able to pair up with DeAndre Swift. But so many ways they can go. I just want to ask you two quick questions. Would you – 
would you lose your mind if the Lions went with this approach of just like, we're just going to out offense people. I know everybody wants to take defense, but what if they just loaded up on offense and went that route in 2021? Would you hate it? No, I, I would, I would like it at least make the games entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. You want the defense to be good, but you have a couple of years before expectations are going to be increased and you have a couple of years, you know, down the road, you're looking at the amount of draft picks you have to help fix the defense. You're going to have some open money next season to spend on free agents where you can kind of turn that defensive round. So if the talent lines up with the lions are just adding a bunch of playmakers on offense, at least make the games fun to watch and give Jared Goff some weapons to work with. So I'd, I'd be down with that. I'm glad you're on board because <laughs> I think that would be very intriguing if they just said, forget it. Kind of like the Panthers did last year and just went all defense. Like if, if offense, you know, and other offense alignment and stuff all line up and they just take what they feel is best for their team, that'd be interesting. And that leads me into my final question for the draft for you. What if at number seven, the Detroit Lions select Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I wouldn't hate it because he's, he's not really even like a tight end. Uh, right. He's basically a big receiver. And I'm I'm looking forward to his, you know, I, I can't say the combine, but his pro day or regional combine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because at 6'6", six, six, you know, 250 pounds, uh, a guy like that, if he can run in like just a 4'6 flat, like that's impressive. Maybe he can lose a few pounds. But what he did at Florida was special. Like uh, right. he did a lot of things. You just don't see guys that are 6'6 six, six doing so. Um, to me, if especially already having Hawkinson as your true inline guy, uh, yeah, go ahead and draft Pitts and just basically play him as receiver. And if a team has some small corner on him or something, and then put him in line and have him block a little bit, but don't make that uh, too frequent of you know you just don't want him blocking too much. So uh, he's not a blocker. So I I sometimes struggle. Uh, there's these certain breed of tight ends that really aren't tight ends they're big slot guys or that can play outside and to me that's what Pitts is yeah so I, I still got to think about it a little bit more I feel like he's getting the most buzz even going to the the Eagles it's uh at six there and I've heard him compared to like a little who another Julio I've heard just as you know the biggest mismatch in the draft like I'm just my mind is cranking if you had him and Hawkinson and figured out how to get other weapons and then bolster your defense like how would other teams match up with those two guys? But then you got Hunter Bryant as well, who's the wild card. It's like, if he turned out to be anything, you can't really have a Hunter Bryant Hawk and a Pitts because somebody yeah. has to be able to, to be in line a little bit. But I mean, again, it's 2021 new age NFL, like more spreading out and the more, you know, a guy like Kyle Pitts on linebackers. I like that all day, every day. And so does Jared Goff. He loves throwing to those type of uh, things. So uh, that's why I like having you on the show. Cause I've even proposed that to Grifska, the old waffle maker. He'd just be like, you can't take a tight end in the top, you know, but like you said, it's, he's not actually a tight end and we're trying to win ball games and put up points. So I, I'm not going to hate it either based on what I've heard and read about this guy. So very interesting thoughts from you on all that. Logan, like, like I said, like we always do, we could sit here for hours and talk football. My last thing for you is just like, what's your feeling right now with the lions? We're in mid February. We hadn't talked to you since all these crazy moves went down. You were a little bit ho-hum before you've brought some good juice, some good takes today. sounds like you're on board, but where are you at with the team and what's your kind of expectations both for the off season and heading into the year you think they'll get this thing right 
Yeah. So currently right now I'm, I'm just going to be patient and I, I will admit I, I've liked just about all the press conferences that these coaches have had. I've, I've really liked their energy. I think they're all aligned together very nicely in their approach to the game being that they're former players. I think they're very relatable. And to me, it's just going to, you have to wait and see to see what happens on the field, but um, just, just have to be patient this year. My expectations are, are pretty low this year. But if they keep making the right moves and they keep, you know, making trades like they got for Stafford, um, where they're getting g- good value and there's there's no real discussion about well was it the right choice? Like I, I think everything that they've done so far I've been on board with. And there was a lot of times with Quinn where I was like, ah, oh, what what's he doing? And so maybe that will change with Brad Holmes where he starts doing things I don't really like. Again, not my call to make, and I can disagree <laughs> with them, but. Uh, you know, my, my opinion isn't always the correct one. And these guys are GMs for a reason, but so far so good. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast where we serve up that Honolulu blue Kool-Aid. So like you said, we're all optimistic, but we also, um, it's, you got to get W's. We got to get results. And like, none of that has happened yet. So I'm right with you. I think a lot of fans, we listen to those pot, we listen to those pressers. Oh man, we're fired up. Cause it's different than what we had before, but I want them to, even if the expectations are low for 2021, I want to see pieces on the field. I want to see a foundation being built. I want to see a team coming together because at the end of the day, it's all about W's, even though we're going to drink it in regardless. Drink it in, man. So, Logan, appreciate it, man. We told everybody to go check out your stuff. Great having you on the show. I know I kept you longer than we we, we normally talk that we will, but just too much good <laughs> things to talk about. We got into tons of free agents. We talked about tons of draft picks. So just really appreciate you coming on talking to football. Of course. I know. I don't think there's ever been a single time where we've stayed within our time frame where we said we were trying to keep, but that's just what happens talking Lions football. So like I said, I always enjoy it, man. Appreciate it generous with your time everybody go check him out give him a follow read those great articles he's putting out he's going to have lots of content as we head into this busy time where people think well there's no football for a few months yeah it's the nfl baby 24 7 365 we're gonna be talking lions all day every day here on the d Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thank you guys so much for listening check us here on friday and catch us every week twice a week right here on the d Detroit Kool-Aid cast take care everybody we're out Drink it in now. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in.